This is the Gemini Exotica Podcast, Episode 1, Toad Ambiance. It was a rich, warm, hearty evening. The bayou was buzzing with creaking creatures and echoing insects and an amazing amphitheater of amphibians. There were also swans and elves and owls. The owls hooted. The swans mooted, and the elves just sat silently with fractal-painted faces, whispering amongst themselves, explaining their mischievous intentions. It just turned dusk, and a jagged musk gripped the swamp. Like a stew, the air held still and thick, without any sign of budging, while bubbling pockets of heat made sweat steam from pores. Nightfall began, and a sign of relief rang as a breeze brought spirit to the swamp and tumbled the leaves into a new mosaic of earthly foliage. As if the sky itself had plugged in an instrument to an amplifier, a new energy could be felt. Then, in the distance, a deep bellowing of a giant prehistoric tonsil erupted out of the ominous clouds. For the following instant, the bayou fell silent, but the ambiance soon restarted. The woods evolved nocturnal, yet the path least traveled had some life left in it. One could barely make out the trail of tan dirt and gray rocks. The trail was a mystical entity, a beacon of hope in an otherwise endless maze of twists, turns, turnarounds, arounds, and twists. A streak of silver and gold in an otherwise devoid, senseless cryptic. The breeze picked up, and a simple stroll home became a hurried walk. One considered possibly cutting through the woods to make it home sooner, but one remembers. You do not dare venture into the trees at this time of evening, for you risk running into Mio, the woodland ghoul. Mio was simply not nice. He would trick you into seeing something deadly like a mouse bear or a chickadee hawk. The only way to rid Mio would be to throw a dandelion in his general direction, for he was scared of lions. But lions were hard to come by, let alone throw. So it was a good thing Mio was not known for his wits. One stopped and stared into the dark wood. One had previously made note that at the Red Oak, a straight shot through the wood would get one home in five minutes or less, depending on the amount of the mushroom growth. One took the first step and started sprinting. Over moss-layered branches and tightly wound thicker bushes, one darted and dodged, maintaining his straight shot. He ran fast and hard, not looking back or left or right, simply forward. One ran, not even giving himself time to second-guess his decision. Finally, a sense of invisible protection. He smelt Ma's sauce. He knew he was close. One ran faster than ever before, and in the background of camouflage, a small keyhole of light could be seen the cottage side yard. One burst through the opening with the might of a locomotive, but upon breaching, bopped his head on a low-hanging branch. One entered the cottage. Ma asked why he has a bruise on his forehead. One tried to mutter an explanation, but Ma said, rolling around with that Matilda girl again. And one said, no, Ma, this is from a low-hanging branch. And Ma said, a low-hanging branch? Or some low-hanging fruit with that bog woman, Matilda? And she laughed as she ladled the over-garlicked tomato sauce with her old, withered hand. The End Hello, I am Gemini Exotica, a.k.a. Giuseppe Wap, not W-A-P, no, no, W-O-P, but let's not get confused. Waps get waps. It's an interchangeable phrase. Um, this is a podcast I decided to create because I am both extremely bored and having my entire being and soul and life force sucked from my body from corporate America, or just simply America, 
you know, I feel America has really lost both joy and soul and character. You know, happiness is simply lost as if it was ever found. But enough of that load of baloney. This podcast is going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining, thoughtful, sporadic, a nexus of creativity and uh, potentially mental illness. I don't know. Um, but before we get into the rest of the content, you know, due to it being the first episode, yeah, I'd like to let you know who I am so you could get to know me a little bit. I'm a man. I'm from a major city on the East Coast. I work at Fugazi Incorporated. I enjoy creative ventures, uh, my favorite of which is stand-up comedy, uh, creating action-packed stories, and uh, jazz. My favorite things to do, um, I like staring at flowers, especially when there's bees pollinating them. Um, I like looking at leaves, any color would do, but green is good because green is symbolic for livelihood and full of life. Uh, and I also like looking at clouds. Um, I don't know, they just make nice shapes. How could you not like looking at clouds? But, you know, all that and probably, you know, fishing is really fun or engaging in the most passionate action with another human being, and that is a nice conversation. But anyways, my favorite color is periwinkle, uh, but on Mondays, my favorite color is tangerine, because I realized on Mondays, you have to have a little bit warmer colors to bring you into that good mood, because real nobody likes Mondays. Mondays suck. Uh, Mondays are for squares, but you gotta trick your brain into liking Mondays and you do that by wearing a warm color that's not scientifically proven that's just something I thought of right now um I like making homemade stuff mainly uh ricotta cheese where I'm from people call it ragut I like ricotta not that I'm trying to be you know cultural but it's just the way it's spelled. That's how they say it in, in Italy. That's where it's made. That's just how you say it. But anyways, I like making homemade ricotta. I like making homemade salami. Uh, I always have one ready for company. You know what I mean? Um, I attempt to do astral projection, but it never seems to work out. You know, I try to do this meditate. It, it's just, I get to this point of buzzing, like a quick buzzing feeling. I feel like something's happening. I get a little bit scared. I knock out. I end up on the floor. I wake up the next morning covered in urine. It's just a disaster. And you know, when your parents are like, "What? What? What? What is this?" You know, you can't be like, "I was attempting to astral project." Anyways, I enjoy the idea of meditation, um, but I usually just end up taking medication you know, prescribed from my local neighborhood doctor. Uh, he told me one time to take this pill and count down from 10, and all my mantras would be aligned. Well, I counted down from 10, and I woke up the next morning and my sneakers were stolen. So, on the bright side, basically, you know, the same thing as Buddha says, which is, like, destroy your materialistic belongings. Well, to be quite honest, I don't know if he said that. I know he said, Om or something, something along those lines. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh yes, I enjoy eating chicken parmesan and canned sardines. Canned sardines are good for you. Actually, I was a big tuna guy, and then someone sent me like this chart or something, and like the tuna was in the red, and it was like mercury, and I'm like, what, isn't that a planet? And they're like, no. This is like an acid in the ocean. And, you know, you'd be like, oh, great. What what else did humans do? We polluted the water with mercury now? Well, I regret to form it. Mercury is actually natural, right? And fish get higher mercury levels from eating other fish. So, you know, it's like mercury is like, 
the obesity of the ocean in a lot of ways. Like, you eat more, you get higher mercury, you know, and, you know, so we didn't actually pollute the ocean with mercury, but we did pollute the ocean with water and oil. I mean, we didn't produce, we pollute the ocean with oil and like microplastics and indirectly with heat through global warming. And, you know, due to our wonderful actions, the Great Barrier Reef is now just known as the Great Barrier. It's so sad seeing the photos of the Great Barrier Reef. It's like super colorful and now just black and white. It's like, it's like as if the Great Barrier Reef is like anti-LGBTQ. Man, why can't, why did we have to destroy the oceans? It was such a great place. And now you go in the ocean, there's like plastic floating by and all the fish are gone. Ugh. Humans are so wonderful. Okay, so what is going to be the layout of this podcast? And what is this podcast? I guess this podcast is going to be a creative venture in many aspects. As you may have noticed, I opened up with a story that made no sense. And that will be like a running theme that is no sense. This podcast is going to make no sense because life makes no sense. And if you really think about it, life is so complex, but it is the only problem that really doesn't have an answer. But the true answer is there is no answer, so stop trying to figure out a problem. The problem only exists in your head. Go make a pizza and live in the woods, or go make a woods and live in the pizza. It's really up to you. So in the fear of all that... This podcast will make no sense because no sense is good because I believe too many things try to make sense and, you know, there needs to be a little bit of balance. Does that make sense? <clears throat> okay, so what is this podcast? Podcast. I guess it's really a comedy podcast. I do my best to make it funny. I always make this one lady laugh with dementia at the park. I What the fuck? I always make this lady with dementia at the park laugh. Uh, I don't know if she's laughing at me or if she's laughing at the pigeons or if she's laughing at the pigeons on me, but I have a, uh, I, I feel like if I can make her laugh, you know, she's got literally no brain. I feel like if I can make her laugh, then I have a pretty good shot at making you laugh because you are fully aware and cognizant and not have dementia. <clears throat> All right. Um, so we're about here now. So I guess what I wanted to do, you know, is I wanted to talk through some material that I write down. I guess I will write down material for the week, saving some of it for the stage, saving some of it for the podcast. I don't really know exactly what's going on. Um, what I wrote down, I wrote down is I'm trying to go for like a, a I guess like a, a, maybe like a curb your enthusiasm, I guess, idea. You know, I took a page from their book, which is... I kind of have like a beginning and an end and like a general topic and I want to improv not so speak that I'm just hilarious or I'm good at improvisation but I feel like that's a skill I could work on and this is a pretty good safe space to work on that kind of content and also you know I want to treat this podcast as idea generation you know who knows what my brain will create in this dark room while everybody is asleep <laughs> who who knows what i will come up with in these early hours because i'm too embarrassed to record this when everybody's awake so um these are just some basic ideas that i might ramble on about um so warning this content is rated m for uh, marsupial. This is jokes. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, 
I don't know if I should go into the jokes or just talk about the idea first. Maybe I'll talk about the idea first because that's a bit interesting. And then maybe I could just do it as I'm talking about the idea. So I guess I heard some interesting news about the dot-com bubble. And, you know, it was just like cryptocurrency. People are talking about inflation and, you know, the markets in a bubble and all that absolute nonsense. When the reality is nobody knows what's going on. Even the people in charge don't know what's going on. Everyone's has a big guess. So I feel like if you have knowledge or don't have knowledge, your guess is just as good as the person uh, who's saying all this, whether it's going to go up or down. Um, I feel like people want to act smart and they simply get paid to act smart. And the people that could act the smartest get paid the most. But anyways, so um, that's why I earn basically zero dollars is because I'm really not smart and I don't know how to act smart. But anyways, so I heard some of this news about this dot-com bubble, right? And I'm thinking dot-com bubble. That's kind of funny. Like if I wanted to start an internet company that sells soap, you know, and I was like, well, selling soap online is hard as people like to smell their soap before buying it. And I was thinking like people sniffing the soap in stores, you know, that's a common thing. I mean, I don't know if that's common actually, because I'm just using my life. Because when I went to the store with my mom, my mom would take me to the men's soap and she would stand me there and she'd be like, which one do you want? And I would say that one looks cool. It was typically like a blue axe as, you know, at the time blue was my favorite color before I became a more cultured man and now enjoy things like periwinkle and tangerine and um and depression purple but anyways i um so she would take me to the store and i would look at the axe and i would say i want the blue one and she would pop it open and she would have me smell the soap and that seems really weird now that i think back to it and it's just like some human behavior but how would you know how would you properly be able to buy which soap you want without smelling the soap but it seems weird so you know it's like how so how can you start an internet soap company during the dot-com bubble um, when people want to sell soap I'm sorry, how can you start an internet company that sells soap during the dot-com bubble when people want to go in-store and smell their soap? How, like, you can't smell soap over the internet. Um, so I was saying, like, how the last frontier of the internet is smells. You know, we have sight, we have, like, VR, and we have, obviously, voice and hearing and you know now they're making suits or whatever that will tug on your crotch they definitely have those I've seen them uh, where don't worry about it but um, so this is it seems like the smells are the last frontier and I was saying how during the dot-com bubble my soap internet company will be not only amazing for selling soap but we allow people to smell the soap before they buy it. And I was thinking like, you know, instead of earphones for your ears, it would be like earphones for your nostrils and it would be cool, like nostril pods. And you'd be like, hey guys, look at my nostrils. You my nostril pods. Wait, wait, your nostril pods. And, you know, instead of getting earwax in your ears, you'd have like sinus juice in your nostril pods. But, <clears throat> this would allow you to smell the soap and looking back at it I mean I don't even know why I would be even so invested in this soap company after making a product that allows you to smell um, what's occurring in the video or in the picture or whatever I feel like that's you know that's that's an, an amazing idea in itself so why would I even be still concerned with the soap you know, 
Maybe I just have a thing for soap. I, I'm not very clean. So I don't know why when I wrote this idea down, I was so invested in the soap. That just goes to show I'm not a great investor. So, you know, for if any internet companies or anything I say on here pertaining to finance or economics, you really just, yeah. So anyways, back to the, the, the joke. So, you know, it was like smells from the internet, right? So what are the two biggest businesses the internet has uh, in America, definitely, probably in the world? Well, uh, business one, uh, um, adult movies, right? And uh, business two, online gambling. So I was like, listen, you know, you want to go play some blackjack, you stick your handy uh, ear or sorry, nostril pods up your nose, you put your ear pods in your ears, you put your sunglasses on, and you put your hood up, and you could sit in your house, and you would feel like you're in a casino, because you'd be able to smell like the cigarette smoke, and the old carpets, and just the sadness. I don't know how you would construct the sadness smell. I'm thinking something like old people, puppy tears, and maybe like if we can somehow extract the scent of grandmas not getting a phone call from their grandson. That would be beautiful sadness scent. I don't know how exactly we would capture it. We would need some kind of jar and yarn. No, that wouldn't work. Um, matter of fact, I don't know how this company would ever work in its entirety because you, I mean, you have electrics, right? <laughs> you have wires, not electrics, wires. You have wires. I don't know how scent travels through wires unless it's an electric fire, and that'd be a pretty bad internet company. It's like, listen, we have this ability it plugs into your computer via dongle, via sub-dongle, and you could plug it in, and you could smell things. And the investors would be like, oh my god, are you serious? That's amazing. Do you know how many applications this is? Yes, one little thing. Uh, it only has an electrical fire smell. So we were thinking like this could be like a Call of Duty type thing only for like gun smoke and gunfire and explosions and dynamite and things like that and you would just be able to see the dollar signs slide off of their faces <clears throat> okay so you know as I was talking about this in my mind I was like hey you know internet companies, email, uh, and then I thought of like what would be funny, you know, and this is like maybe like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like a, when I wrote this down, I envisioned it to be like a South Park or like an SNL type deal where it's like, you know, the, the company is called eGlow, the internet growth company, right? And this company markets itself as if you have a fractured e-glow, and an e-glow is like some kind of ratio or metric that this company has, and they go, if you have a fractured e-glow, that means you have low internet numbers, no followers, no likes, nobody's looking at your channel, you're basically a loser with no friends, right? But if you have an inflated e-glow, that's E-G-L-O-W, you have high interest, lots of numbers, uh, you know, probably a big ass, and 
you know, just just a tremendous looking. You probably, uh, you know, do a lot of cute poses, and uh, you post the best version of yourself. So you know, if you have an inflated eglow, that's great. That's amazing. That's exactly what you want. Your eglow, and this is like on a metric between, I don't know, something goofy like zero and ten. And it's like zero is you're fractured, you're a zero, you're nothing. But an inflated, oh my God, you're 10, you're 10 golden stars, you you got 10,000 followers. The magic number is 10. You're 10 in looks, you're 10 everything. You got 10 inch, uh, you know. And <clears throat> so inflated eglo, high internet numbers. And, you know, um, I was just like, I thought that was funny because I really feel like the internet presence is a big play on ego, you know, that thing that makes you want to do. Let me look up what ego means because I feel like this is the thing that I do a lot is that I know what a word means in my mind and I have a general feeling of the word but I actually don't know the definition of it. Okay, so on Google, it says a person's sense of self-importance. It's a three-letter word. I should totally know the definition. A person's sense of self-importance, which is, yeah. So this joke isn't destroyed. Okay. Yeah, so it's like the internet presence is a play on the ego because, you know, I feel like to just post yourself on the internet, you need to have a bit of an inflated ego. You know, something I'm doing right now with creating a podcast. I think I'm funny. I think I'm kind of funny. I think I have some creative ideas. I need a, I, I guess I have an inflated ego in that sense, and I post it. But I would never post a, a, a picture of myself on the internet. I mean, that's like beyond, I think, but then again, it's like weird for me to judge certain aspects of character. Why? What is the difference between them posting a picture of them and me posting my thoughts? Is their physical body different from my brain? Maybe. But it's like they have their own egotistical idea and I have my own egotistical idea. So maybe I have the inflated ego. Well, that's good. I have... I have an inflated eglo. I'm doing well in terms of this co company. But anyways, so let me just go with my original thought, which is, for whatever reason, I feel like the internet presence is a play on the ego, which, you know, may not be a bad thing, because it's like, why is it bad to have an inflated ego? Is it, you know, you act a bit douchey? I guess as long as you treat other people okay, you know, and it's very easy to judge others based on what you see them online. It's like I might be giving these guys the benefit of the doubt in this moment, but now I might be seeing the wrongs in my visions before. It's like just because they're good looking and they have a lot of followers doesn't mean you got to hate them. But if they do kind of act a bit douchey, then I guess yes. But anyways, back to my original thought. Internet presence is a play on the ego because like a desire for followers and likes is a little bit egotistical in a lot of way. And I guess the difference, you know, maybe between the podcast and an Instagram is that a podcast is kind of like a service. It's like I'm providing you with entertainment. Is a body a service? Modeling? Stripping? Adult entertainment? I probably didn't think this through hard enough. But that's why this is like a open-ended rant. I don't know what the hell, well, I don't know what's going to come out. But anyways, so it's like a like is a like to me because everyone knows likes. You get thumbs up, you get a, a, a heart or whatever, a swipe right. It's a want. It's I want that. You know what I mean? I, I want that girl. I want that sandwich. I want that vacation destination. And, you know, even though you're liking it, you're actually displaying a desire for it subconsciously, I feel. So it's like, 
for the people posting it, they understand that that is desire and they want to be desired. And the more people that desire them, the better they feel. And therefore, you know, they have an inflated ego. I don't know. This joke is pretty stupid now that I'm thinking about it. It just doesn't make much sense. Um, what do I see here? Oh, yeah. And it's like one thing I was thinking about is like when you like something, you know, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, whatever, makes a little note, little check in the in the algorithm there. And that's why you get those advertisements, right? Is that and that kind of made me realize like that like is a desire. And, you know, those desires uh, might be an egotistical thing. I mean, I totally want to be desired. If this podcast gets a lot of likes, I'll feel very good about myself. Maybe my ego will be inflated. And therefore, I won't be embarrassed to uh, talk to people. Um, but I don't know. I was just thinking, like, social media is a lot like a mainstream porn. Because, you know, it. it because, I mean, the main reason why it's mainstream is because it doesn't have sex. If social media had sex, it would be porn. And that would be Pornhub, which isn't mainstream. But... It's mainstream, like sex is, is mainstream, but it's like a hidden mainstream. It's like a, a side stream, a little eddy, you know, where people go skinny dipping. Everybody likes it. Everybody watches it. Everybody indulges in it. But then you never want to admit it. And the greatest, and the reason why I guess I wanted to make this connection was that it's like pornography. The reason why you watch it is because you're probably lonely or depressed, or a 13-year-old boy looking to release this pressure that you have building up. But what you come to realize is that you desire, though, in my case, the woman in the video, you desire it significantly. And I was just thinking, like, how social media is like a porn in the sense that when you see these things on social media, you desire it. You desire it. And, you know, then we could get into, like, jealousy and, you know, hatred. And then that also just makes you feel like a loser. So, you know, there's a lot of, like, negativity here, I guess. And I thought, you know, having a big ego is usually a negative thing. So I was like, ego, fractured ego, inflated ego. That kind of makes sense. And it kind of goes along with like this negativity of having an inflated ego. But now thinking back about it, you know, I, I think, could you have an inflated ego? Is that a bad thing? What if you're not hurting anybody? Why does people allow a person with an inflated ego to hurt them? Do those people have some kind of troubles that they need to get by? Maybe they have a fractured ego. Maybe they need to get an inflated ego. How do they get in an inflated ego? Uh, that's why you should use my company. Um, eglo will show you how to get an inflated eglo. Um, but anyways, uh, it's not a real company. I was just doing it for the bit. <clears throat> I think there's a frog in my head. I got a frog in my head and the tadpole is in my ear. I'm leaking tadpoles because I had a tadpole dream. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So next topic. Uh, 33 minutes. That's my lucky number. Okay. So I kind of have like a little story. Um, it's not very long. And it's just about me uh, doing something goofy. Uh, from a girl's advice. But anyways, so I, I, I don't know. Every experience is something to learn. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I learned. Even if, you know, you may think it's like stupid or, you know, you're like, why am I even, you just, you just learn, you just observe what's going on and you pick up little things. Oh, 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 look at that. Uh, uh, don't go stand next to that guy. He'll try to rob you. Mm. 
you know, everything. There's always a learning opportunity, uh, even if there isn't one. But anyways, so I took some advice from a girl. She said I needed to go and uh, buy this certain mineral called Moldavite. <clears throat> now, if you don't know what Moldavite is, it's like this green, glassy type rock that is from the Czech Republic. And if it's from the Czech Republic, you know it's going to be quality stuff. I mean, they got great beer. They got great people. Um, they got a cool flag. What else? That's about it. But anyways, uh, so, you know, it comes from the Czech Republic. It only comes from there. Uh, it developed when an asteroid hit the Earth, and I guess from the impact, it shot these little shards of Moldavite everywhere. So it only comes from this one area, and supposedly, like, it's a very powerful little stone, you know, and, uh, yeah, you know, I'm a spiritual guy, I'm not gonna lie. I like, I'm religious, I, I have, uh, idea, like, when I see a black cat, I think that's a sign. I know that sounds crazy to many people, but that's just what I believe. I see my lucky number, that's a sign. I see a cloud in the sky, that's a sign. I see a sign, that's not a sign. That's just a sign telling you to stop. But anyways. Um, so she's like, you gotta go to the crystal shop and you gotta buy some Moldavite. And I'm like, all right, I'll go check out the Moldavite at the crystal shop. Now, I've never been to a crystal shop in my entire life. That being said, I'm an avid rock collector. I have bags upon bags, just rocks. I don't understand why. And that's like some kind of human condition is when you see something, you just need it, right? Like you want to collect it, you want to hoard it, and you don't want anybody to touch it. And you go insane. Like I thought one time, like this person stole my rock. I was, I was ready to grab... Uh, a rock shard and slit his throat and demand where my rock it, you know the crazy things Cra humans are crazy um but anyways so this crazy lady told me to go get a, a rock and i was like all right i'm gonna go get a rock because i was kind of getting into a spiritual uh period well i am in a spiritual period you know i sleep with the cross next to the bed i pray I meditate, I do all my stuff, um, I try to have ethics, but, uh, you know, so I go to the crystal shop, that being said, never been to a crystal shop in my life, avid rock collector, don't, I have probably Moldavite in my collection somewhere, but whatever, I get to the shop. Upon arriving, I notice how many women are there. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, typically it's like go to the library or, you know, go, go I don't even know, ballet, uh, gymnastics, whatever. It's like nobody ever talks about if you want to meet a girl, uh, you go to the crystal shop because... Okay, I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, they're all there, okay? You got a fish where there's fish. That, I mean, that's just common sense. They're all there. You have a wide variety. They're, they're rock girls, so you know, you know, they're a, little, they're a little kooky, which is good in my opinion. You want a girl that's a little bit off the wall. If she's too normal, in my opinion, if she's too normal, there's nothing fun about that. You want a girl that will go a little crazy, you know, not stab you crazy, but, you know, she, she talks to plants, she, uh, she does pottery in her basement, you know, stuff like this. She collects grass and throws it in her salad, you know, just, you want a little crazy, 
not crazy crazy, but not even crazy, just a little a little kooky, a little nut, you know, a little, like she kind of has got a little twitch, and you're like, is everything all right? Do you need your medication? She's like, I'm fine, and you're like, okay, and, but, so those are the type of girls that I feel like are hanging at our crystal places. I could be very wrong, granted, but for the sake of the joke, let's just call the girls there crazy crystal girls, crazy crystal chicks, CCC. But anyways, so not only are the place full of girls, but they're kind of crazy and they're also sentimental. What does that mean for you? You walk in and the stars aligned for her. You are the one for her. She met you in the crystal stop shop. You're both looking for the same gem. You both like uh, the color purple. You're both at a crossroads in your life. And you're trying... See, you see what I'm saying here? No, and it's like... And this isn't like to take advantage... You shouldn't try to take advantage of it. But I'm saying like, in order to get a date... Right. In order to score, because, you know, you're just trying to get the girl to know you. It's very hard for a guy to approach a woman at a ball. It's it's just nearly impossible. It's like trying to predict the stock market. It's like you're, you're just going to lose a lot of money. You want to buy a drink? OK. So what's your name? Where are you going? It Money out the money, money. Hey, we're going to long this uh, S&P 500 today. Crash money out the pocket, money out the pocket. It's like I'm giving charity. Uh, that I can't write off over here. But anyways. So, you know, because you're just trying to score that date. You're just trying to score that number. And you just want to, you, you got to use everything to your advantage here. Right? You got to, the, the crystal shop, they're all there. You got to look good when you walk into the crystal shop. Maybe you have your little crystal necklace on from your sister's room. It's got a little emerald, little bit of backstory. Not a whole lot. This is a stone that my grandma gave me, blah, blah. You walk up to them. You're looking at purple amethyst? I'm a purple amethyst guy myself. What, what are you looking at it for? Oh, you know, I, I, I saw a crow yesterday. I saw a crow this morning. Oh, my God. What, you want to go get some spaghetti sometime? And that's how it's done. But, um... So... Yeah, so I think this place, the crystal shop is a place to go, I feel like, if you want to pick up some girls. You know what I mean? It's a little weird. The crystal shop's a little weird. The guy's got to have a ponytail. Stuff is going to be overpriced. Over, overpriced. Um, They're going to have, like, dragons and, you know, it's just going to be, it's just going to be awkward. A little, it's going to feel a little awkward walking in there at first because you... You know, as a as a guy especially, it, and this is goes in two ways. As a guy, I'm I feel like I'm naturally skeptical. I'm walking to the crystal shop and it's crystals. What you know? And then also when I see it, but all the girls in there, I'm like, I can't be here. I, this is places as a girl store. I can't be here. I got over myself. I reached. I said, listen, I'm gonna be a little bit feminine today because you can do that. You can go masculine some days, feminine some days. Some days you want to uh, chop down a tree. Some days you want to, you know, uh, rub crystals on you. I don't know. But what I'm saying here is you're going to go into the crystal store. There's going to be some bells and you're going to feel immediately awkward. Okay. Those are the crystals testing you. That's not true. There's the crystal. There's no test. Um, but uh, yeah. So I'm like, you know, walking around, and they got crystals, and they got rocks, and they got incense. And I think it was funny, you know, it's like you go up to the girl and you're like, what, what kind of incense you like? She's like, what? And you're like, incense, insects, insects, incense, incense. Do you? Do you like cousin in, in incense? And <laughs> she'd be like, you know, screaming. And then the other girls would start throwing crystals at you. And and you get kicked out of the store. But anyways. 
Um, you know, the girl told me that this is a very powerful crystal, Moldavite, and I have to go get it. So I go to the store. I, I'm there. I go to the counter. And I'm like, I need this Moldavite. And, you know, unfortunately, they're out, uh, which is a shame because apparently it's a very rare rock. So, you know, it's either rare or just, you know, they didn't buy the Kool-Aid and didn't buy it. But anyways, so I ordered a, a you know, a little pendant online and I'm going to see what it's about because, you know, I go on on Reddit, I type in Moldavite and it's like, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's super powerful, makes you vibrate. Vibrations are good, I think. Seems like a good idea. But, um, I guess that's all I really got with the crystal shop. I think the best piece of it there is the getting the girls part. But, I feel like the whole, you know, crystal girl, that could be funny, you know, because I guess stereotypically, uh, crystal girls are a little bit goofy. Um, but like I said, goofy's good. You want a little goofiness. You don't want a girl that's all together, you know, because it, it just, it's just not fun. You want her to scream in her sleep or something. No, you don't want that. You, you just want to, you a little, a little crazy, a little, a little bit. Anyways. Um, Okay. Two more jokes. So, you know, I was thinking how the earth is water, right? The earth is made up of like mainly two things, which is water, mainly water, and land, right? And there's a bunch of other stuff like sand and mud, but at a distance, earth is water and land and mainly water and what else is mainly water and land that's a swamp so earth is kind of like a swamp and what inhabits the swamp us we're people we're swamp people you know so from a distance the earth is a swamp and from a distance, we are swamp people. And uh, stereotypically speaking, swamp people are kind of gross. And I think from a distance, that's why most humans are really gross, including myself. I mean, I'm disgusting. I sweat. I smell. I leave the kitchen a mess. I get tomato sauce on my new shirt it's a just a I'm lazy I'm dumb I create problems for other people I, I, I don't know I feel like at a distance the earth is a swamp and we're just all a bunch of swamp people and you know we got our little boats and we're driving around the swamp and just throwing garbage in the water Catching alligators. <clears throat> um, trying to think of more material. Why are swamp people seen as bad? Well, maybe because they live in a swamp. <laughs> You're right, me. Um, you know, there's so many wonderful places to live. Uh, forests fields, beaches, mountains, and yet you live in a swamp. I mean, it smells, the water is toxic, mosquitoes, snakes, spiders, bog woman, I mean, there's, there's like an endless list of why not to live in the swamp. Maybe they just really like boats. They're like, I don't want cars, I want to drive a boat. Okay, uh, just like during the summertime. No, I want to drive a boat year round. I want to drive the boat to the liquor store. I want to drive the boat to the food store. I want to drive the boat to the strip club. All right. We know the place for you. It's called the Everglades. And it's like just swamp. You don't even, there's no roads. There's nothing. You just live in the swamp. You live on a, on a, on a shack elevated over water. 
so yeah, so it's like, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you know, sometimes people are a little swampy, right? They're, they're a little swamp person, they're a little goofy, which isn't a bad thing, getting back to the crystals girl. It's okay to be a little bit goofy. Maybe, maybe swamp people have something right. They lean into their weirdness. They lean into their craziness. They go, We're, I'm a swamp guy. I live in the swamp. So what? I, I, that's where I like to live. And everybody else is like, well, I live by the beach. And I live by the mountains. And I live on the Great Plains. And I, and I live here. I'm not going in the swamp. But from a distance, you're a swamp person just like them. What's the difference? You didn't get your foot bit off by an alligator. But you uh, drive a car and you have an umbrella and you have running water. So what? You're still a swamp person. You still, at a distance, live on this planet that's basically a swamp. <clears throat> All right. So my last little bit that I have is... Uh, I kind of uh, thought, a weird thought I had today, which is what I would relate is life and living is kind of like a rocket ship to Mars. And let me explain. Because, you know, in my job and in my day to day, I feel like, I feel like there was a series of steps I had to take, right? And I'm not saying like steps I had to take to better my life. No, like pre-registered steps. It's like you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that. It's, there's only one lane. There's no other lane to go to. This is what you're doing. Nobody cares what else you want to do. This is what you're doing. And this is what you're going to do when you're done doing this. So I related that life and that idea to a rocket ship to Mars in the sense that you're an astronaut on the rocket ship and you get in the rocket ship and you're flying, right? You're on the rocket ship. You're not going anywhere else. You can't step outside with just the vacuum of space and be there that's not great that's you're just stuck you're just floating aimlessly unless maybe a ufo comes and picks you up that won't be a bad deal maybe maybe it's a alien race of exotic eight foot tall women we know this this is from a popular tv show you get picked up you step that you you really you really screwed up. You pressed the wrong button and you got shot out into space. Guess what? It's your lucky day. You're the prime breeder for an alien race of women. Okay. I'll have to keep those that thought in the back of my head for later. But what is my point? Um You're on the rocket in space. You are seated in the rocket. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to steer the rocket. Elon Musk pre-programmed. You don't got to touch anything. You just got to sit there and you got to wait. And the rocket is moving and you're just waiting and the rocket is moving and you're just waiting and you're waiting to get to Mars. And I realized that this is like the steps of my life. It's like high school, college, job, right? Where it's just these are the steps you take. Don't question it. You're on the rocket ship, and it's just gonna go. You just do well in college. You do well in high school. You just do good, and you get a job, and you're just on the rocket, right? And people think the rocket is going up. That's great, but it's just you're just not really doing anything. You you're just feeling like something else is propelling you forward. You're not actually doing it, and you just feel I, I don't know. I just felt very stuck. And the idea was that you're just on this rocket, and yeah, you're going, but you don't feel like you're going, and when you're on the rocket, you don't have any other options, because you're on a rocket ship in space. 
you're you're screwed. You left the earth. There's no parachute. You're not going back. So, um, so then you finally get to your goal of Mars, and you're like, okay, we have purpose now. We have we've reached our goal. We're at Mars. What happens? You're on Mars. There's nothing to do. You're in a desert. You're you're in a desert. There's no water. There's no trees. Uh, th there's a couple of robots drifting around somewhere. There's no people. You're with like four other people. Now you got to spend the rest of your life with one person that you just kind of met, like a rocket ship ride ago. Ooh, horrible. No puppies, no kittens, no leaves, no clouds. Well, maybe clouds. Dust storms. Uh, they call it the big red planet. I guess it's a little bit better than being a swamp, but that's horrible, you know? So you get to Mars finally after this long ride of not doing anything, and it still sucks. And I was just relating that to life, or at least my life in this sense, because you're just on this rocket ship. And you got nothing, you got the predetermined steps that you got to take, and you get to the goal, and now you're at Mars, and you're just like, I'm at Mars now, I'm here, what the hell just happened to my life? We just shot a rocket ship, no options, Mars. Now, I was thinking a little bit that these astronauts that are going to, by the way, before I go into that next point, that's just how I felt about my situation currently. Um, maybe you wanted to get to Mars. Maybe you like rocket ships. Maybe you wanted to be an astronaut. Fine. I just felt that it was uh, kind of, a, I, just, I just felt that I just followed the steps without thought and it got me to where the system is designed to get you. But that's not, I feel dumb. <laughs> I feel like that isn't right for me. It, the system did a perfect job, but for me, it just feels not right. There's something a little bit off about it. And that's how I kind of symbolized my thoughts. What is that, a metaphor? I don't know. I didn't pay attention to English. But <clears throat> I've thought about it, and I'm like, how freeing must it be to be a SpaceX astronaut? And everybody's like, you're going to live in a dome on Mars. You're leaving Earth. What does that mean? You're leaving people. You're leaving culture. You're leaving philosophies, ideologies. What you're expected to do on Earth, how you're expected to live, what you're expected to believe in. You're leaving all of that. Nothing is expected of you other than just doing your jobs. You are completely free. You are wiping the slate clean. And honestly, that alone is so enticing. I mean, I don't know physics. I barely know, like, I guess life science, what is that? Like uh, water? Um, I can never be an astronaut. But the idea that you just leave it, you're just, goodbye everybody, when are you coming back? <laughs> you know, just, aha, I forgot to tell you. Just leaving it all behind the expectations, the desires, the needs, uh, what you want, internet connection. Instagram, egos, just all of it. Great Barrier Reefs that no longer exist. You just, goodbye, I'm out, <laughs> see you later. That is amazing thought to me. That fantasy is on another level of awesome. But I'm stuck on Earth. I'm stuck in this swamp. I'll never be able to see the Great Barrier Reef. But that's not the point of this podcast. All that goddamn baloney. We're here to have a good time. 
We're here to have fun. I hope this was entertaining. Uh, you know, probably try to do one a week, whether that comes in like two 30-minute segments or one hour-long segment. I'm not sure. Figuring it out as I go. Doesn't matter. I'm Giuseppe Wap. Um, <laughs> forgot the podcast name. I am Giuseppe Wap. This is the Gemini Exotica podcast. I'll see you soon.